The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth And the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Another bit of scripture for you right here. Um, But truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. Psalm 66, verses 19 through 20.
And once again, in the name of Jesus, because we know that nothing good comes from any other source. We end every prayer with the word, Amen. And as Luther says, Amen, Amen, means yes, yes, it shall be so. The word Amen is a word of confidence and certainly, rather in certainty. By saying Amen, we are saying truly, God has listened. We are certain that God listens because God is our Father. He adopted you when you were baptized and given the spirit of adoption. You belong to God's family, the church. And if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. God listens because he is the Father. And we are certain that God listens because he loves us. You know that God loves you because he gave his beloved son for you. He permitted his son to go through the cross and into the grave because he was determined He was determined to rescue you from sin and from death. We know this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. John chapter 3, verse 16. We are certain that God listens to us because Jesus won't let him forget about us. Jesus did not stay dead. God raised him from the dead, and he sat Jesus at his right hand, and there Jesus sits for you. He sits at the Father's side, whispering your name into his ears. Jesus prays for you. He takes your petition and he says to God, answer these prayers for my sake. As Hebrew says, he is able to save to the uttermost since he always lives to make intercession for us. That is Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. The evidence is there. When you pray for forgiveness, you can say amen. Because God is your Father. When you ask God for health, or you ask Him to rescue you from any danger, you can say amen. Because He has a self sacrificing love for you. When you 
ask for food, for clothing, for family, friends, or anything else, you can say amen. Because Jesus is there to make sure your petitions are heard. John 16, 13 says, However, when we were, or excuse me, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Once again, that's John chapter 16, verse 13. A lot of Christians out there operate under a false notion of how things have happened. You know, first, Jesus came and died and rose. And then he went away to heaven. And now the Spirit comes and inspires us to do just about anything and go where he leads. Now this might seem strange. It might mean strange practices for some, like speaking in tongues to prove that we have the Spirit. It might mean for others approving of sin, approving of homosexual sin, approving of abortions, approving of all kinds of things as being natural and God-pleasing. Pretty much anything goes as long as we say it's from the Spirit, and that's false. God's Word does not say that. Jesus says something completely different. He says the Spirit doesn't come to do His own thing. The Spirit comes to guide us into all truth and teach us what He hears. Remember that Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. So by guiding us into the truth, the Spirit is actually bringing us to Jesus. Jesus is the center of our faith. His becoming man and suffering, dying and rising for our sins is the work that he accomplished for our salvation. The Spirit's work is that by the preaching of the Word, that Jesus' forgiveness is bestowed upon us. That his forgiveness, the gospel, is done unto us through the Spirit. Here's a simple test for you to take to heart and to practice. Are you ready? Does what is preached and taught, what you are reading and hearing, does that point to Jesus? Does it point to his death and resurrection for your salvation? Does it point to his forgiveness delivered at the font in baptism? by your pastor absolving you, and by the supper of Jesus' body and blood? If so, then that's the Holy Spirit at work 
leading and guiding you into all truth. Jesus is the truth. But if what is preached, if what is taught, if what you read, if that appears to point you to your feelings, if it's pointing you to how do you feel about this, or to something that isn't really about Jesus, then it is not the Holy Spirit. And you ought to run away from that. Jesus has sent his Spirit so that the whole world will know him and his saving works. The Spirit and your pastor points to Jesus. Let's talk about prayer. Go ahead and ask. Because of Jesus' own words in the gospel this morning, now you can pray. Now you can ask. It comes right out of the gospel reading where the Lord says, until now, in the English Standard Version, and it says, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. But how often is this gracious gift, this gracious invitation, unheeded? And why? Why? is it that people have such a hard time praying? When Adam and Eve heard in the garden the sound of the Lord God coming, well, they turned tail and they ran and they hid. They tried to hide. You know why. It's the same reason that you try to hide from him. There's fear that he is coming to get you, to punish you, to pay you out what you deserve, or what I suspect many fear nowadays, to take away your fun, to deprive you of doing what you want to do, what you deserve to do, what you have a right to do. And when the real God comes on the scene, then the play acting that we all have done, where we are calling the shots, is over. And honestly, who wants that game to end? You mean I'm not in charge? I don't want that game to end. So often our flesh, our flesh tells us it's just better to avoid him, to stay away, to not pray. But a people who do not pray, who refuse to live in communion with God, who instead pretend that they are on their own and pursue their own way, doing their own thing, such a people soon come to grief. Because the world itself was created to be nothing but communion with God. And that betrays them at every hand, those that think that 
many roads lead to heaven. I don't really need to commune with God. The world, it betrays them. And at every hand they play, death, death's dogs are nipping at their every step. Death, the final end to the foolish games we play. Death is where there is no more running and no more hiding. When death comes to you, you will talk to him, whether you like it or not. There's no evading the moment of standing naked and alone before his throne with all of your life as an open book. And there's nothing like the fear of death to turn people to God. Think of Numbers chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. They were grumbling about the way God was saving them, was leading them, had rescued them. They were grumbling. We have no food to eat, they said. And we hate this worthless food, this miraculous manna from heaven. Whoa. God decided it was time to give them something to really complain about, and he does. We read in Numbers 21, verse 6, Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. Now the fiery serpents invaded the camp, and and the people did indeed get bitten and began to die. And in their terror, they turned to Moses, and they asked him to pray for them, to stand before the Lord and ask for what they did not deserve, to ask the Lord for mercy. And Moses does so, And God answers with the snake on a stick raised up for any who will humble themselves to look up and to see a picture of God's coming redemption. And we know that those who did miraculously Miraculously, they lived. And we know by God's word that those who did not look up, those who did not humble themselves, they perished. You see, no matter what that old fiery serpent whispers to you in your ear, about how much God is against you, or how much God is about how he only wants to deprive you of life, steal your fun. No matter what he whispers that God wants to destroy you or to take from you all of your freedom, all of your fun, the snake on the pole shows that it's all a lie. Everything that the fiery serpent says as truth is a lie. And the truth is this. The one you've been running from, 
hiding from, not talking to, pretending he wasn't there even as he kept you alive. He's the one that loves you. St. Paul put it like this in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. He says, Prayer of all sorts is good and pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. The truth. Jesus. And what is that truth? For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. Jesus is the ransom. Jesus, the one who was prefigured by the snake on the pole. Jesus nailed to the tree as your ransom, as my ransom. That's the testimony. That's the truth of God. That's how much he is not against you. Not out to destroy you. Not out to take away from you anything but that which would deal you death, eternal death. And he took that away from you by taking it upon, into himself. That's how much he loves you. Our Lord knows that this residual fear is what spoils our prayer, that leads us to run the other way when we sense that present, that presence. We know that residual fear is what causes us to fight against the truth and fight against prayer rather than rest in it. To not to not speak to him, him whose presence surrounds us wherever we go. And so Jesus says on the night before he was nailed to the tree and lifted up as our ransom, he says, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and believed that I came from God. Do you get that? Do you get that? Do you let those words sink in? The Father himself loves you. And you don't have to run away from him. When you look at the cross, you see, you see that your Father loved you so much as to give his most precious treasure to forgive your sins, to blot out the accusations of the law that were against you to impart to you his life as a free gift. 
When you realize that, the running stops. The hiding stops. The ignoring of God stops. Look at the cross that heals your fears. And we don't have to wait until the game of hide-and-seek is over. You know that. We stand... Well, we've already stood before the seat. And we died a death like his. So you don't have to wait until the game of hide-and-seek is over and we stand before the judgment seat. We stand before the cross, the cross right now and see the judgment. And the judgment is this, that God loves you with a love that is unfathomable, unshakable, and that his desire for us from the beginning has always been that we share in his eternal love, that we receive from him the gift of love that never ends. We can look at the cross and see the judgment of God against all sin, the eternal death that we choose for ourselves when we run from him and try to find life in the stuff of creation. In the cross, it's all there. In the cross, it's finished and accomplished. In the cross, it's all answered for. In the cross, it was all forgiven. And life is being reached out and given to us there, right there, life from the cross, through his body, through his blood, for you. From the cross, the forgiveness of sins, the embrace of the Holy One, which he gives not to destroy you, but to heal you forever. Beneath the cross, as our true tree of life, we see that God has never been against us no matter how it seemed, no matter what fear Satan planted in our heart. We know that from before this creation, the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. At the heart of God has always stood the cross. He created us knowing that he would so redeem us to display for all the ages the glory and the marvel of his love. Stop the running, my friends. Stop living your days avoiding him. Let your days be wrapped in prayer. For the one to whom you speak to and ask for every good is the one whose heart was open for all the world to see on Golgotha. The one who gave his son into death. That you, the eternal object of his love, might have a life that does not end. Speak to him. 
come to him in the name of his beloved son. Your eyes fixed upon his cross and know that in the name of this mediator, by the power of his spirit, every promise of God to you is yes and amen. In him you have nothing, nothing to fear. In the name of Jesus, amen.